for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. We're going to talk about why the resurrection had to happen. Resurrection comes from the Latin word resurrectio, which means the Greek word is anastasis, a standing up, a resurrection, a raising up, a return to life after having died. And this mainly refers to the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the central event of the Christian faith. Jesus' physical resurrection is the foundation of Christianity, which also guarantees the future resurrection of all believers. Now let's go to the beginning promise. Genesis 3.15, God said, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. The promise of the Savior is presented here to Adam and Eve and to the enemy, Satan, who is represented by the serpent when they commit a sin. We can look at Old Testament statements. Job 19.25 and 26 says, As for me, my Redeemer lives, and at the last seed of man takes his stand on earth. Even after my skin is destroyed, yet from my flesh I shall see God. Job believes there's a Redeemer who will one day restore him, even though death and decay intervene. The fact that Job has faith to see God in his flesh after his skin is destroyed or death strongly suggests the physical resurrection a doctrine not widely taught in the Old Testament, but accepted as standard in the time of our Lord. Preacher Charles Spurgeon said this about Jesus' about anticipation. I thank my God. He does not say I shall see the face, but I shall see God. It is not I shall see the pearly gates as of the holy walls of Jasper. I shall gaze upon the crowns of gold, but I shall see God. This is the sun of heaven. This is the joyful hope of all believers. In 2 Samuel 12, 23, David responds to the loss of his child by stating, now that he is dead, why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. When the baby became ill, David prostrated himself in prayer and fasting. He was deeply grieved. But when he learned the baby had died, he could not return, but that he, David, would one day join the baby when he died. Verse 23 has been a source of great comfort to believing parents who have lost infants and their children. If we go to the New Testament, we see this in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 through 19. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise. If, in fact, the dead are not raised, for 
if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless and you are still in your sins. Understand the cross was the payment. The resurrection was the sealed, done, proof, paid in full. Now, it says this, For then those who have fallen asleep of physical death in Christ have perished. But if we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. If Jesus didn't really raise from the dead, if he didn't come back, if it's a wives tale, it's then we're foolish. I talked to a young lady at Thornton's and I was saying, I'll make this quick. We were talking, she said, I can't believe I'm getting ready to be 24. She said, it's just no time since I was 14. I said, well, when we leave here is what we're gonna matter the most. She said, I don't believe in heaven and hell. I said, okay. I said, what do you think is going to happen? She said, I don't believe in afterlife. I don't believe what the Bible says. There's nothing you can tell me or give me physical proof of what that book says. I said, take a look outside. She said, no, I don't want that. I thought, okay. I said, all right, then here we go. One or two things are going to happen. One of these days, I'm going to leave. One thing's for sure, we're both going to leave this world. Do you agree with that? She said, yes. I said, so. I'm either going to be right or wrong when I leave this world. And when you leave this world, you're either going to be right or wrong. She said, right. I agree with that. I said, so here it is. When I leave this world, if I am wrong because you're 23 years old, you can go tell people, hey, I knew the happiest fool that ever walked this earth. I said, but if I'm right, she looked at me. I said, have a blessed night. And I walked off. I ain't done with her yet. Paul's saying if Jesus really didn't raise from the dead, the believers have no hope. But in Luke 7, 11 through 15, Jesus demonstrates that he is the resurrection. Soon afterwards, he went to a city called Nain, and his disciples were going with him, accompanied by a large crowd. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man, dead man, was being carried out, the only son of his mother. And she was a widow, and a sizable crowd from the city was with her, okay? Sizable crowd of the city was with her. Understand, there were people that got paid back then to be mourners. They got paid to wail, carry on, cry, shout, do whatever for a funeral. She was a widow. When the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said, do not weep. Do not weep. He came up and he touched the coffin and the bearers come to a halt. They just stopped. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Listen to me. At some point, you're going to hear, young man, arise. You're going to hear, get up and get out of that ground. And when that trumpet sounds, that's what's going to happen. I've often said, now I've got a twisted little mind, okay? I've been around too many musicians all my life. 
and radio here <laughs> when I'm right back there. When the rapture occurs, I want to be standing by a graveyard because the dead in Christ are going to rise first, right? I want to see all them graves pop off of there. They go. Here I go. Because he said it, it's going to happen. Now, John eleven twenty one through 26, I love this. Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. She said, I got faith in you, Jesus. Jesus said, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. I am. It's an I am statement. Ego I me. I am. What is the name that I should tell the people of Israel who's the God send me? I am. Tell them I am sent. Ego I me. I am. I'm God. I'm the resurrection. Listen. And the life and he who believes in me will live even after he dies. Do you understand? I tell people this all the time. The old tent's going away. Ain't no way it's going to happen. No way around it. Get all the cosmetic surgery you want. Eat all the health food you want. How many of y'all remember Yule Gibbons? He ate a bunch of weeds in that all the time. He's dead. I'm going to go get me a burger. Now, listen to me. The tent's going away. But when we are a child of God, when we're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus makes a promise to us over in John uh, chapter 14, when he says, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would tell you, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. And if I go, I will come again to receive you that where I am you will be. And that, that word receive, again, it's a Greek word, paralimbanyo. I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong. Tony Costadina could straighten me out on that. It means to seize. Take hold of, take in possession. Make it mine. Jesus said, if I go, I will come again and receive you that where I am, you may be also. If I want to hand you this right there, you can't reach it from there, can you? No, I have to come down there for you to receive it. Listen to me. When we open our eyes, our last breath here, we exhale here. The next breath we take, inhale, we open our eyes and we're looking at the face of Jesus. Because he said, I will go. I'll get that back for a minute. I don't even know what that is. But at any rate, he said, we'll jump on up to verse 43. When he'd said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus. He first he said, Where, where's he at? We got him over here. Roll the stone away. Lord, he's been dead for four days. He's going to stink. There's Pastor Rick always taught, he stinketh. There's a reason, listen to me, there's a reason why he was dead for four days. Jesus knew four days prior, they come and said, your friend Lazarus is sick, even to the death. All right, we got it. Jesus, you better hurry up. He's really sick. Just time out. I got to eat something first. I'm talking to this dude here. Jesus, he's, he's gone. We get there. It's too late. He's dead. But he's been dead four days, Lord. But here's what he said. 
Lazarus. He cried out with a loud voice. Want to make sure everybody hears this, okay? I'm not murmuring. I'm not casting some spell. I want it to be known. I am the resurrection. Lazarus, come forth. And he used the name Lazarus because if he had just said come forth, everybody in paradise would have been coming. But Lazarus is in paradise Last memory he had of this world, he was sick. Because it caused him to leave this world, he died. But he said, Jesus is calling me. Do you understand? I don't want to go back and be sick, but Jesus is calling me. I'm going. I'm going. And when he got there, they, the dead man, the man who had died came forth, found hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. I don't know how he walked out of there if his hand and feet were bound. That's a question I got on my list to ask. <clears throat> Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Here's the important part of that. Jesus could have commanded the stone to be rolled away. Jesus could have commanded the burial cloths to just fall off or for Lazarus to come out without him. He made the people be a part of what he was doing. He made the people be a part of the miracle. I want you to touch the miracle. There are twelve to 20,000 people here. We got five loaves and two fishes. You pass them around. The disciples had to touch the miracle. They had to be a part of it. Do you understand? He is saying to us today, I want you to touch the miracle. I want you to be a part of the miracle. Now, about four days, the Jewish people believed in their belief system, that someone's soul or spirit could return to their dead body within three days. But after that, that's it. So Jesus said, now, just time out. He'd been dead four days. So they didn't have that excuse now. No choice but to believe it was a miracle. Now, we're told also of the circumstances that could happen if Jesus was allowed to live. Here was a miracle that was done no one had ever done before. And the Pharisees and the religious rulers are getting together going, we got to do something about this guy. He's doing miracles we cannot deny. That guy was dead for four years. There was a guy that was dead in a funeral procession. They were headed to the graveyard and he touched the coffin, told him to get up. Blind Bartimaeus. I mean, he goes on and on and on. Everywhere this troublemaker goes, he's doing something. Here's the only thing we can do. Let's kill him. So that was their plot. So, let's jump up to Romans chapter 6. If we become united with him in the likeness of his death, which we know we're going to, I'm not morbid, Certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. There's a promise, somebody. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. Do you understand? The tent needs to go. The tent is going to go. But what lives inside the tent is going to live forever. And as I say, well, I, I've told several people, when we leave this world as Christians, we don't die. We just change addresses. Come on. We do. We just change addresses. I'm moving from this old worn out house, this old tent that's patched up. I got a, a scar right down here, down the middle of my chest. 
I don't wear have a button-up shirt or I'd open it up and show it to you. But anyway, no, we ain't gonna do that, okay. But anyway, one of these days all this scarred up stuff is going away. And I and I always say, I'm gonna reach up metaphorically, of course, to the top and unzip my human suit and I'm gonna pry it out and I'm gonna go, praise God, I'm free. Here I come. Look out, heaven, the kid is on the way. We've got that promise. Listen, he says, the old was crucified him in order that our body of sin might be done away with. So we would no longer be slaves to sin. For he who was died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Promise, 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 promise. Matthew 27, 50 through 53, Jesus cried out with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. At that very moment, he gave up his spirit. Listen to me. He didn't die. He gave up his spirit. He chose the exact time when the penalty was paid and he yelled epotaleo from the cross means it is finished. Over in John chapter 19, 30, if you want to go look that up. It is finished. At that very moment, the payment had been paid. Yes. Phase one. Phase two, I'm going to go down to hell and straighten things out. Phase three, I'm coming back. Phase four, I'm going to heaven. Y'all keep an eye out for me because I'm coming back. Phase five, we're going to hear that trumpet. Oh, man, look out. Now, we learn this, that the, in the book of Hebrews, the veil represented the body of Jesus. Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Word says, let us draw near. This is our privilege. When we enter the temple, do you realize you're sitting in the temple? Do you realize your body is a temple? Do you realize everything you need is contained within you in this house where we gather? And we have shepherds to steer the flock. Now, the resurrection is truth. We're told over in Hebrews, it's impossible for God to lie. Over in Hebrews 6, 17, 19. But now I jump on to 1 Corinthians. I want to keep an eye on the time. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since a man, since by a man came death, Adam, by a man also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, that's plain fact. So also in Christ also, so also in Christ all will be made alive. Going down there, he says, I tell you a mystery. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We will not all sleep, listen to me, but we all will be changed. He says, we will not all sleep. That's talking about our bodies. 
In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. That's what the Word of God says. It's not what Bill says. It's not what Pastor says. We will be changed. We will have a glorified body. Well, does that mean I'm going to lay in the ground until Jesus comes back? Nope, not at all. 2 Corinthians 5, 8 says to be absent for the bodies to be present with the Lord. The tent's going to lay down there, but then the tent's going to be reunited and we're going to be perfect. Let's, going back to Matthew, when the earthquake, the rocks were split, the tombs were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they entered the holy city and appeared to many. When he had cried out with a loud voice, he yielded up his spirit. The veil in the temple was torn, the earthquake, and when he resurrected, the bodies rose from the grave. Notice what happened first. Before the bodies come out of the graves, he resurrected first. That had to happen. He said over in John 10, 17 and 18, For this reason the Father loves me because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. He's saying this is my choice, y'all. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. The, this commandment I received from my Father. He was explaining what he was going to do. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Jesus, listen, Jesus had to die so we could live. And the devil and his pawns played right into the game. I call it the greatest sucker punch in history. When Jesus cried, it is finished. And then when he arose on the third day, the devil went, we've been beat. And he was soundly defeated. And he ain't got what's coming to him yet. But, at any rate, Jesus allowed them to kill him. If we're over in Acts 2.23, Peter said, Peter the coward, Peter the one who denied Jesus three times and cussed him and said, I don't know this guy, blah, 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 blah. When he got filled with the Holy Spirit, everything changed. He said, this man, over in 2.23, Delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God. This was a planned thing, y'all. You nailed to a cross in the hand of godless men and put him to death. But Jesus allowed it to happen. As I said, when he said, it is finished, he knew it was done. Now, this amazes me. The disciples, first of all, his death and resurrection were essential acts in fulfillment of the Father's plan so that we may be spending eternity with him. We're already in eternity, by the way. The minute you're created, the moment you're created, you're in eternity. We're just living in this phase of it. Phase two is when the spirit leaves the tent and goes to where we're headed. Uh, hopefully in the right place. Watch M Matthew 28, one through six. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn, Toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, came to look at the grave. Behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord had descended from heaven. I would love to see that. Came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his, experience, his appearance was like lightning in his clothing, 
as white as snow. The guard shook for fear of him and became like dead man. It says they became like dead man. Listen to me. They encountered the Shekinah glory of God. It was more than they could handle. They didn't become like dead man. They fell out in the spirit. Because when the natural meets the supernatural, the natural is not going to win. His clothing was white as snow. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he was lying. He is not here. He is risen. Listen. They went and looked, and they saw where he had laid. But listen to me. The stone, okay, was rolled away. It was not to let Jesus out of the tomb. It was to show them he is risen. He didn't need that angel to roll the stone away. He could have just did this and went on. But he said, you come in here and look. That's where he was. Y'all were, y'all were here when he put him in here three days ago. He's not here for he is risen. Now, here we go. Let's get in some promise. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Ain't no question about that. He says, I'm coming back. With a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Caught up. Rapturo harpazo. Greek and Latin, which is where we get the word rapture, which again means to seize and take possession of. Revelation 4.1, come up here. Same thing, but we ain't getting into that tonight. We will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, because of this, just in case you don't know, he says, comfort one another with these words. Listen, this couldn't have happened if there hadn't been a resurrection. There wouldn't have been a Jesus to come in the clouds. There wouldn't have been one for us to watch the skies. Without the resurrection, we would have no hope. Without the resurrection, there'd be no victory over death. Without the resurrection, there'd be no rapture. Without the resurrection, there'd be no life in heaven. And listen to me, without the resurrection, there'd be no eternal offering for our sins. Without the resurrection, Jesus would have been a wasted death. Without the resurrection, listen to me, this book is nothing but a fairy tale. Jesus would not have been any different than Muhammad or Buddha or any of the other make-believe gods. His resurrection solidifies what this word says. His resurrection is what gives us our eternal hope. His resurrection is what gives us when we are in the valley. His resurrection says by his stripes we are healed. It tells us he didn't enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven himself. Now to appear in the presence of God for us. Had he not been resurrected, that wouldn't have happened. Listen, without the resurrection, the power of the Holy Spirit would not be here. Because he said it hadn't been sent yet because Jesus hadn't been glorified. 
John the Baptist said in Mark 1, 8, I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told his disciples in Acts 1, 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria, even to the remotest part of the earth. He said, here's another promise for you. And on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came a, from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared to them tongues of fire as distributing themselves and they rested on each one of them. They were all what? Filled, filled, filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The one where he said, you shall receive power. Here's the power and it's coming down right now. He said... And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Without a resurrection, listen, there would be no power in the name of Jesus. The promise that he made over in Mark, chapter 16, verses 17 and 18, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. Without a resurrection, we would not have that. We've seen people healed in church, in Bible studies, in prayer circles. In one-on-one, -on -one, we've seen people healed. I'm living proof, y'all, that don't know my story. I'm one of these people that died and lived to tell about it, but we ain't getting into that. It ain't about me. Without a resurrection, we would not have that. Without a resurrection, we wouldn't have any of those promises. And watch. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 to 57. When this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality, that's me. Then will come about the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Come on, somebody. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Listen, thanks be to God the Father. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because there was a resurrection, as the song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth living just because he lives. And he lives because there was a resurrection. Amen.